Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, I'm welcoming Elise Marie Collins. She has been a visionary yoga teacher for over 20 years, as well as an inspirational content creator. Today, we are discussing her book, Super Asia. You can look younger, have more energy, a better memory, and live a long and healthy life. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rebecca. So what inspired you to put this book together? Uh, I was talking to my mentor in publishing, and I have written a couple other books on healing foods and another one on the chakras and drinks, and we were talking about aging, and we came up with the idea of superager. I didn't actually really know what it meant. I'd heard the term, and I knew it was kind of a buzzword, and I I just thought, I want to know what that is. It just attracted me like a bright, shiny object, <laughs> and I we came up with a title, and I started doing the research because I know I've been working on as a yoga teacher, as an Ayurveda health coach, and I knew that I know a lot about how to slow down aging, but I wanted to know more and dig really deep into what I think is a, a very a global transformation on the planet as our population grows older in all countries. Well, so what is a superager? I define a superager as someone who is living outside of what the current paradigm of aging is. So as a person, it could be someone like Dow Portion Lynch. I don't know if you've heard of her. But she is a yoga teacher who just turned 100 last year, and she's been dancing uh, since the age of 87. She's danced on her 100th birthday. She's started practicing yoga when she was a young girl growing up in India, and she's a great example because she's just, if you can look up her TED Talk, she's just incredible, and she just refused to buy into any um, negative stereotypes about aging, and her yoga practice really supported that. Well, you know, um, there there was my, my grandmother actually lived to be 104. So I, I you know, and it wasn't something that, that she tried to do. And, and my grandfather, her husband lived to be 96. So I think they just were, you know, it, obviously they had different genes. So they were doing something right in their lives. And it was definitely not anything we're going to talk about today because they didn't live in a time with internet and, and, and access to a lot of the information that's coming out now. But, um, you know, the, there was, um, in my mind, just that possibility that that I, you know, I'm going to live that long, and um, so I've always made an effort, especially after my own health crisis ten years ago, to be on the healthier side, so that not only can I get to that 104 like her, but I can be healthier than she was at that time. Um, but I, I think a lot of people don't think about it that way, and and I, if for some reason, her her lifespan opened my mind up to that possibility. But most people don't don't think that way. I think they think they're going to be done around 70 or 80 years old. I wholeheartedly agree, and I think a lot of young people, I've, I've gone on to um, something called Ask Me Anything, which is for a lot, of, a lot of young people are on this app, and the questions I got were really funny, like, oh, don't your knees give out? Doesn't this happen? So there's a lot of misunderstanding, especially with young people, but I think that's going to change as the baby boomers start to, that's just a huge number in, in the United States and Canada, baby boomers growing older, and all over the world in countries like China, Japan, uh, Korea, there is so many more older people than younger people, and there, there's going to be a lot of superagers like your grandparents, mm-hmm. 
And I think they are our teachers. And when we see someone living and thriving at 80, 90, 100, and mentally sharp, that inspires us. And that was part of my research was I found so many incredible, inspiring uh, super-agers that did things uh, that nobody would have thought of. You know, like there was uh, Dorothea Steele who starred in Black Panther, and she didn't start acting until she was 88 years old, and she got a leading role in one of the biggest Hollywood blockbusters in, you know, of all time. <laughs> well, and and I think, um, you know, something that you said also reminded me that when, when I have patients that come to me and they're like, well, I've got, you know, this back pain or this knee pain, um, they, they are actually very complacent about it. They think that that's just the way... It, the, what happens when you get older it's aging and and you know my mindset always goes to well what's your diet like what are you what are you deficient in what can we change to make that that pain or that fatigue better so that you can live in a better quality of life because to me it's not just living to that 104 that my grandma did but you know her last 10 years she struggled with pain and um, she actually was doing really well for her age but um, she had a lot of arthritis and I think you know when I get to that point I don't want to be debilitated that way I want to actually have you know full use of everything and to be able to to be out there the way um, you know I've talked about with my mom on this show and she's out in she's in her 70s and she's outside with chickens and rabbits and planting a garden and being active and that's what I think we should all strive for instead of just going, well, I'm just going to sit in front of the TV because I'm I'm too much pain or too tired. I, I completely agree. And that's where shifting our paradigm and how people's mindsets affects aging internally and externally. There's a lot of studies on um, longevity and positive mindset. And I think it goes, if you know somebody that lived a long time and they were healthy, that really helps you. And if you don't have those kind of role models and you've only seen people that aren't living and thriving into their 80s, 90s, and 100, that affects you and also people's stereotypes. So I think that it's really important to have different practices and to see practitioners like you, that reinforce, like, this is possible, this is possible. Almost like we're running a race and we need cheerleaders that are there on the sidelines that are supporting us in our journey. Well, yeah, and I think the opposite also happens where people come in and say, well, you know, all the men in my family had um, heart attacks in their 50s, and so that's going to be my lifespan or, or something like that. You know, that's my destiny. And, and you know, it, it's it's not your destiny as long as you choose for it not to be. Because, of course, if you live the same habits as all the men in your family or, or whatever is going on, you, you might be predestined for that to happen. But if you look at what you need to change, to protect yourself, which is what you talk about in your book is changing your habits, um, then you could live longer than than anyone else in your family just to um, to challenge your your genes. They're not our destiny. Oh, I completely agree. I, it's about seventy five percent people really don't know how much they can change their lifespan, but only twenty five percent is genetic. And 75% based on studies of Danish twins. They've done a lot of research with twins, and that's where we get this marker. It could even be higher, but how much our lifestyle affects our aging process. It's not commonly known as as you're demonstrating by your interaction with your clients. Yeah, and so what I think is great about your book is is you're challenging that, and and I hope that I do that with my patients as well. It's hard to change that belief system because I think that's also ingrained in our culture, but I think it's something we need to be really aware of that we do have control over how we feel and what's going to happen. We we don't have a set pattern when we're born in our genes that you know at, at a certain age we're going to have a heart attack and a certain age we're going to you know get cholesterol and and 
and arthritis, those things don't have to happen. But we need to be aware that that what we do with our bodies is an important factor in that. Oh, I completely agree. And a lot of those mindsets are based on outdated beliefs that science has actually proven wrong. People might have thought that decades ago and might have, you know, validated. They, they didn't have any proof otherwise. So that has all been changing, but people are still stuck in, a, in something that's outdated. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so in your book, you talk about Ayurveda medicine. Um, wh- what is that? Ayurveda is, it actually translates from Sanskrit as science of life. And what Ayurveda teaches us is that everything is interconnected. And it even has um, almost like a philosophy or a theory of aging, for lack of a better word. Everything is connected to elements. And our bodies are different combinations of, say, the simple elements of earth, water, fire, and air. And they divide, Ayurveda divides the elements into three uh, specific types. One is like earth, water, one is fire, air, and then one is air and sort of thought waves, very light, the light types of people. And aging is associated with the light, air, stage of life, where our perspective changes. And so I think Ayurveda really helps us to understand not only the biological process of aging, but how it can be an emotional and spiritually rich time. And I try to emphasize that in the book because nobody talks about the upsides of aging, especially in our Western culture. In other cultures like Chinese culture, um, a lot of Eastern cultures, the aging adults are really respected and um, there's a different mindset. And that's been shifting. So sometimes I just say the Western mindset because as the Western, Westernization is, has become global, even in countries where aging adults were treated with great respect, sometimes that is changing. Well, yeah, and and there is definitely a mindset. I like what what you said that we're um, we don't actually look forward to aging at all. It's very ingrained in us to to hate our birthdays. You know, um, I, I can't remember what I was watching. I was watching a movie or something, and and a little kid was having a birthday, and somebody said, "Well, someday you're going to hate your birthday, so enjoy it now." And I thought, why do we do that? You know, we, we should be celebrating yeah. our, our life and what we've accomplished and where we are and where we're going to go. And we have so much dread about, you know, turning a, a, another year, having those age um, pop up on us. And, and uh, it, it shouldn't be that way. It definitely, sh- it, we should be celebrating. Yeah, celebrating and doing things we enjoy and love with our life at any age. Yeah. So, I mean, that brings me to, to my, my next question about, uh, you talk about finding your purpose and um, it, it, how, what does that mean and how is that important for us? Well, purpose is very big in, in all stages of life, but especially in aging. And there's a Japanese word that I use in my book and it's also like super ager becoming a bit of a budge buzzword. It's called ikigai. And ikigai is a Japanese word that means reason for living. On the island of Okinawa and the city of Ojima, the elder adults often use this word to describe, especially that's, we're talking about people that live the longest of anywhere on the planet. So 100-year-olds often talk about their ikigai. And they can be very simple such as my ikigai is tending to my garden, or there's one lady that I always think of who likes to wave at all the children going to school. So your purpose doesn't have to be, it's not all about ego and uh, success, and maybe that is your purpose earlier in life, 
and we always want to honor our purpose, but it can shift as we age and it can become more simple. There are super agers, as I mentioned, that maybe start acting or go back to school, which is a little bit more external in the world, but your purpose or reason for living could be something simple as loving your family taking care of your garden. Or as you mentioned, it sounds like your mom is really taking care of her um, garden and raising her chickens. chickens and things like yep. that. She may have other purposes, <laughs> but these, these smaller things, or maybe there were goals that we put aside when we were younger, tending to those goals, that keeps us energized, and that actually is what is going to motivate people to change. No one's going to change if you just say, oh, well, here's what you should do. And we give them a list. The more we can help people at any stage of life really lean into their purpose, that I think is one of the keys to healthy living and healthy aging. Well, you know, I also want to talk about how we find our purpose. Um, I've done shows on the crisis with our boys and on the crisis with our girls, and they're in crisis. And it's a little bit different for for each gender, but the, the main thing is that I think we're losing sight over what's really important and there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way that may not actually resonate with what success is for you. You know, we seem to think in our society success would be going, be doing everything, being, you know, the perfect person and, um, you know, going to school, having a family, getting the house and the car and, and being able to afford the vacations. And um, that's not satisfying when we get there in the end. It's seems. And, um, you know, so our our purpose, you know, if somebody is thinking about it, I don't, I don't think that that's what it's about. I don't think that 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 gives us the huge satisfaction that that we need in life. Um, You know, like you said, loving your family might actually be more of a priority. But when we do these things, we, we lose sight of that and we may actually not have time for them as we're working 60 hours a week or um, you know trying to afford that huge house that maybe we don't need yeah I agree and another another uh, trend in what I call super aging is a lot of intergenerational exchange there's a new program in California where older adults work with young people and help to tutor them and teach them. And we're going to need more and more of those programs because that keeps both generations healthy. The kids can learn from the older adults. They learn from their experience. And bringing it back to Ayurveda and that air-like wisdom, air is the element of the heart. And the kids need a lot of heart. And maybe their parents, uh, we don't know the circumstances of each child, but some of them are stressed. Uh, having different difficulties, and maybe they can't be as present and loving as they would like to be. So there's volunteer programs that are helping to connect older adults and younger adults and bring in that element of, of love and caring. And as you said, teaching these kids that the most important thing is not that outward success. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, we're going to take a quick break. I'm talking today with Elise Marie Collins, and we're discussing her book, Super Ager. We'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Elise Marie Collins, and we're discussing her book, Super Ager. So, so Elise, um, before the break, we were talking about finding your, your purpose in life. And um, I just want to um, talk about how you, you go about doing that, if you have any tips. I know, um, you know, the people that I treat um, in my office are, are very sick, and a lot of them aren't able to participate in their lives the way they did. Like, let's say they thought that providing for their family was what made them important, and then suddenly they can't do that anymore. They do feel very lost in that. Not only are they very sick and having going through that kind of crisis, but they're going through an identity crisis as well. Um, and, and, you know, that it might be more than, than this show's topic. But do you have any tips for somebody of how they can discover what is important to them? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to present that if someone is uh, dealing with an, an illness, a chronic illness, or any type of, you know, sudden change in life circumstances, this can be very unsettling, but it can also be an opportunity. And my heart goes out to you if you are experiencing that, any of your listeners. I also want to point to the opportunity to reevaluate. And it's not easy. That's why most people are not doing it. There are many tools. I have a whole chapter in the book on um, purpose and thinking about purpose. I think like many of the subjects we're talking about today, our purpose it's, it's something we don't learn about unless we grow up in Okinawa where there's a broader idea of purpose. We don't have these communities that are founded in very simple purposes. People might, you know, that's not, you don't have to end there. Like people have different levels of ambition, but in our culture, it's kind of black and white thinking in Western culture. So I think it's dismantling in our own minds, how that has affected us. I, ha- I give a lot of books and exercises in my book, Super Rager. Something like something as simple as just journaling every day. Even writing gratitudes can help change your mindset. And those are scientifically studied. That when you shift your mind by expressing gratitude daily, it actually affects how much you exercise. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, so um, by by journaling, you're saying we're changing our our thought processes, and then we're uh, like, how would that work to get us to exercise um, more? The studies that I'm talking about. I mean, personally, I can say I write gratitudes every morning. Some people write them at night. The studies I'm talking about, they followed people writing gratitudes in journals and comparing them to people who wrote about something called hassles or, you know, annoying things. So if we think of the mind, 
what you focus on grows. So if you write more about your gratitude, then that's going to grow. And how that ties in with purpose and even being ill is your gratitude might be just very simple. Like I see, I'm looking out the window and I see beautiful trees, but that's going to grow that positivity. And I've had that experience myself. If I'm having a bad day, I write down my gratitude and they can be very small. And I think that then your mind begins to grow the gratitude like a muscle and grows that muscle. And then the negativity begins to diminish. Well, yeah, so I want to talk about that a little bit. I mean, I know we can get very stuck in being negative and, and you know, it's actually part of our culture. We complain and we um, ruminate with people, especially women. But you talk about positive thinking and, um, and, and I know that some people take that as they need to cover up what they're feeling and, um, and you know, just put a smile on and pretend it's not there, which, which isn't real either. So how do we find that balance between, um, you know, being positive and happy, but also, you know, acknowledging the hard things that are coming our way? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the chapter in my book is called Looking at the World Through Rose colored mindful glasses so with that metaphor you see things clearly you're living in the present moment you are experiencing the senses and this goes back to Ayurveda mindfulness when we're in a difficult moment you know feeling your feet on the ground looking around you seeing what is there And then as you practice, because it might not come up at first, you can become more grateful. This actually affects our telomeres. Our telomeres are the little short ends of DNA strands that are like shoelaces. And they become frayed, and that causes aging, or it's it's one of the markers of aging. And there have been many studies on stress and aging, and what they found is that if you can change your mindset to being more present in the moment, it actually affects your telomeres. Um, that, yeah, which is really good to know. I, I, I was probably about a year ago, I did a show on telomeres or telomeres. I think people disagree on how to say them. We had that conversation. Um, but uh, um you know, it, this is a, a, a new thing for us to understand as part of aging. And to know that that we have that much power over it is really amazing. Um, because, you know, we all think getting older, first of all, that it's going to happen and it has to happen. And we have no control unless, let's say, you have tons of money and you can go and do a ton of expensive treatments. Um, but that's not necessarily the case from what you're saying we just have to have a gratitude journal and we can uh, slowly change our our destiny or what, what we think is our destiny i totally agree and i focused in superager on very simple nearly free tools and techniques that you can use to superage now there is very expensive things but I, don't, I didn't find in my research that they're any better than simple things like meditation or uh, learning to relax, different ways to release stress. Stress is such um, a factor in aging, and it's been proven time and time again. And it's not just our circumstances. It really is how we perceive our circumstances. And I think that's where yoga and other traditions, it doesn't have to be just yoga. That might not be your thing. But some kind of practice that helps you reframe any suffering, large or small, and that's not to diminish anyone's suffering, not to make it go away, not to put a happy face on it, but to see the light in the suffering. And that, it, that doesn't just come right away. But the more we integrate our life experiences, and sometimes we're even integrating life experiences and traumas from years and years and decades ago. 
It, well, and and I I think you know that that's important to to not not say you know where you are this hard time is something that you should ignore and not talk about and face and and deal with and it, it, because those those things happen we we actually have to have them happen um, to grow and learn and and to have change in our life we can't have things stay the same so we have to have things that are tough even if that's leaving home and going to school that's actually very hard to do but it's part of life and something we have to do so we have to be able to adjust to this um, so that you know we we can adapt and and um, and get through it and and you know get through it for the better yeah I completely agree and the support is really important and I think that's going to be the medicine of the future where there's community support built in I mean we already have a little bit of it with uh, like cancer survivors and cancer um, patients may have a support group for their illness. Um, Dr. Dean Ornish is working all over the country, but he has a program in my Bay Area in Marin. And one of the interventions, he's working on heart disease, and he has a a Medicare-funded program that is actually reversing heart disease, which is one of the, you know, biggest killers. And also, it's an age a disease of aging. He has stress reduction, exercise, diet, and one of them is support, community support. And he has support groups. And he, I mean, I saw him speak and he talked about it as being love, but you can't say that in in a medical setting. Like, this is the part of of my program that's about love. But he was candid in this, in the speaking engagement. I saw him at because he was actually talking at a yoga studio and he has a huge background in yoga. So I think that that community support and love is, is absolutely critical. Well, and it definitely is. I mean, um, I read a study on addiction that was done on rats, and um, they they got a bunch of rats addicted to drugs. I can't remember what it was. And then they, they put half of them, they kept half of them on their own, and they had access to the drugs, and half of them were put in a community with still access to the drugs. And the ones that had buddies with them quit the drugs. Which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a part of addiction that definitely you know get gets uh, ignored, um, especially if you are addicted. You actually lose those relationships because of your behavior, and so if we we look at it that way, or or anyway, we do need that community and that support and that friendship and those people around us. Yeah, and and that what I that's why I really lean heavily on community support on shows like yours because I know if people are seeing you or a comparable practitioner, they're getting good health care. They're getting that part of the equation. I know my yoga students are getting yoga, but I want to make sure that they understand that's not the only thing, especially as you get older because it becomes increasingly important. So finding a supportive group, find friends that are healthy because as you grow older, or I mean, mentally healthy and emotionally healthy, and that are supporting your good health habits, because sometimes, you know, when we're younger, we don't really care. We like someone for you know different reasons. But as we grow older, we want to surround ourselves with people who are aging in a healthy way. And now, I don't want to say you're going to cut off people, you know, be <laughs> discriminated that way, but to just find that support and then you can move forward because your our culture right now is not supporting a lot of the habits that I advocate that are simple and free and easy. Well, and I think also important to point out that we should be their support as well and, you know, non-judgmental and be their friend because, you know, we can't just expect everyone to show up for us. But I, I think we also, I mean, I know I do get satisfaction from being there for people and, and having those those friendships where things are going both ways and that are healthy. So it's important to, to recognize what we need in a friendship and, and make sure that we have it. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> it is, um, it is mutual and, and I think the strongest communities are, are based on mutual support. And in the blue zones, uh, there are five blue zones in the world where people live the longest and they're all communities that support one another in all stages of life. So what are the blue zones? A blue zone is somewhere on the planet that where people live 100 years or more and in the largest concentration. And the name blue zone came from a demographer who was doing research in Italy in the island of Sardinia. And that's where men live the longest. Interestingly enough, men live longer than anywhere else in the world. And there was a someone... Um, called this demographer to come to Sardinia and, and research and make sure that that was true because there was disbelief. And because sometimes you can't verify people's ages or their, their birth and things like that, the demographer didn't believe it. And then when he verified that there was a certain number of centenarians living in this area, he circled the area with a blue pen. And that's where the name <laughs> came from. <laughs> also... Other places, as I mentioned, Okinawa. Uh, the one in the United States is interesting, um, Loma Linda, California. And that's interesting because that area is not a traditional isolated community. Most of the other areas are isolated and have the people are living as though it's maybe 100 or 200 years ago. Loma Linda is Seventh-day Adventist. So that tells me... The Seventh-day Adventists are living inside of a Western culture, but their very traditional values have insulated them and kept them healthy, uh, you know, in a, in a way that's different from people in the surrounding geographical area. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, we're we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Elise Marie Collins, and we're discussing her book, Super Ager. We'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Welcome back. Today we're speaking with Elise Marie Collins and we're discussing her book, Super Ager. Uh, so Elise, um, you know, there's a lot of topics in your book and um, it, it, it seems like, you know, in the last, since 2015 and the last 150 shows I've done, you touched on almost all of them. So we're definitely not going to be able to, to get to them all. But I think one of the most important things, if somebody's listening, you know, they can go read your book, but what should they do to help themselves slowly change their habits and and their lifestyle so that they can incorporate a lot of what you're talking about yeah great question first I would say start very small start with a step that is so small you can't say no so an example of this would be exercise and maybe you haven't exercised in years so a small step could be simply walking around the block. Now, I know in Calgary it's very cold, and some places it's really (laughs) cold now, so maybe you want to do something indoors, like do some yoga poses. You can look on the Internet now. There's yoga classes galore on YouTube. You could just do two minutes of an exercise video. Make it so small you can't say no. It's called Kaizen. A lot of people know about it, but I just want to emphasize it because even me, who for who knows about habit change, I can start with these grandiose goals, and if they're too big, I won't do them. And there's a sort of rebelliousness in our mind where then we just quit, and we feel defeated and deflated. It takes us back to the mindset. So when we do something very small, it's like planting a seed, and that seed is going to be grown by that nurturing, by, by putting that small seed in the ground and then taking care of it it starts to grow. All of my clients that I work with, I tell them do something really small. They start to walk around the block, and then the next thing they're walking in the park, and then the next thing they're hiking in the woods. So that's the first thing I would say. And then second, find a community, and as you said, or a group of friends, an example integrating into a habit of walking. If you get a walking group together, maybe... You're going to do that this spring in Canada, but maybe not, <laughs> not right now. now. Not today. <laughs> not right now. It's very cold so here. That's a good example for Canadians, but it could be um, maybe you have some friends come over and you all do an exercise together. The idea is the more you have support, the greater the habit change and the easier it will be because really everybody's going through the same thing. And as you said with support, we want to lean on our friends and we want our friends to lean on us. We feel great when we can support someone. That actually helps boost our mindset. So those are the two critical factors, I'd say. Um, There's things like you can break down habits into trigger something causes you to go on a walk. Maybe you, after a certain, you have your cup of coffee and you go on a walk and then you come back and you have a reward. Maybe it's a delicious breakfast. If you break things down like that, that also helps because the more we do things on a day-to-day basis and we don't have to think about it, we don't have to waste energy, that helps our health. And all of the blue zones that I mentioned, all of the habits that are in my book and are universal for aging well, those are just seamlessly integrated into the lifestyles of people that live in areas where they live the longest on the planet. Well, and and it's I think it's really important to to talk about it changing things slowly. You know, I mean, somebody can read your book, and <laughs> there's a lot of st- information in there, and a lot of things to look at to change. Um, but you don't have to do it all at once, and you don't have to do it all either. You know, you can pick one that really, really resonates with you, and and start working on that, and then decide if something else resonates on you once you created the habit of 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 adding the other you know, that other habit in the first one. 
And uh, so it doesn't exactly. have to be, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. You know, we, we can do this one step at a time and, and eventually it just becomes a lifestyle instead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I yeah. get I get asked by my patients all the time what I do when I give them a you know a list of stuff or talk to them about stuff that I've talked about on my show. But I've been doing this show since 2015, and and um, and as well as being involved in the health field for a very long time. And um, I I actually introduced things very slowly over time as I learned about them and discovered what worked for me and what I liked. And you know, they find that overwhelming when they hear me talk about what I do because they. They haven't done any of it but I point out to them it's over a 20 year span that I changed my diet and I started fasting and I you know changed this habit and that habit and I do this and and it it definitely did not happen overnight and there is no way I could have had the time the you know the discipline and the money to do some of the things that I did all in the same week or the same month you know it was something that I just looked at and thought I'm going to do this this year sometimes you know yes I I know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) and I think speaking to how to change a habit I have a couple of suggestions and one would be um, get a book like my book and have maybe a reading club or I have suggestions like one of my teachers wrote a book called Body Thrive. You could read either one of those books or probably a lot of guests on your show read a book and then talk about the habits with a group of friends and meet for, you know, five weeks, ten weeks and, and talk about how you are or aren't changing the habit because just talking about it is going to bring energy to whatever you're trying to shift. I run health coaching groups because I found that changing habits is where where people have the most difficulty, but it's the most powerful way to um, take charge of your own life and your own health. Well, well, yeah, and and you know, I for example, I have a, a friend with a, a different group of friends. They they decide once a month they're going to incorporate something small. So they decided one month to cut out sugar and and all the the bad you know snacking foods, but just sugar. So they were eating other things. They just did sugar, and they supported each other and they talked about their cravings and what they went through. And they just did that as a group, um, so that they were going through the same thing. They had the support that you. And I have talked about, but they were also making those changes, and they're making small changes instead of this overwhelming, huge change all at once that they probably wouldn't be able to follow through with. That's a beautiful example. That's exactly what I'm talking about, and that's exactly what I do with people. And you can do it yourself. Uh, you can do it on your own, but I think it's more powerful with a group. Mm-hmm, definitely. So is there anywhere that you think people should get started aside from finding that, that support? But, but is there uh, something that's more important in your book that, that is, um, you know, you think people should be aware of? Um, I would say, again, start with the community and purpose. And I think let things jump out at you. You know, unless you are in a group and everybody decides to nix the sugar, that might be your inroad because it's fun to go along with the group. It's social. You know, we're all talking about sugar and <laughs> or we're yeah. all talking about <laughs> eliminating something or adding something in. And if it's people that you love and you want to hang out with them, we're also busy, most of us, uh, that, you know, that, that can be motivating in and of itself. And then you get momentum because... Usually with any habit change, you start to feel better and that creates a momentum and then you, you start to go in the direction of healthier habits. So I, yeah, I would say the community. And then if you look at the book, I wrote the book for people that are busy, you know, and you could pick it up and open it anywhere. It's also now an audio book, so you can listen to it while you're walking. <laughs> and I think if you listen to it, with sort of a beginner's mind or open-minded, let something jump out at you. If you're doing it on your own, you know, maybe you hear something like, that sounds good. You could Mm -hmm. try some new habit change. I have habits and practices such as earthing, which is 
all it is is you take off your shoes. Or you, I know you can't do this in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> not, well, not today, um, but, you know, in a couple months, take off, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you take off your shoes outside. Don't do it if you're in Calgary. <laughs> and you just stand on the earth. Um, another one would be meditation. But maybe that's, that's kind of a big one for some people. So they might not want to try it. Um, forest bathing is really big in Japan. Again, you might not want to do it in the winter, but there are tons of habits like that. Even just drinking hot water, warm water in the morning, that's so simple. And it, it doesn't mean you can't drink coffee, tea, whatever else you drink, but start with a small glass of warm water and notice how that changes, shifts, you know, your morning routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which that's... Um powerful to think of it that way um, and I know you do talk about food and diet and fasting in your book which is probably what most people are going to be thinking of um, you know we have other habits like exercise and stuff but um, you know diet is is one as well but it doesn't have to be overwhelming you know we have all these crash diets out there and um, it really is just making changes that are slow like, like my friend did you know they cut out one food group they thought wasn't working for them and and that's all they focused on for a month and that's it they didn't do this hardcore diet where they're eliminating you know uh, an entire food group or or like five there's not five food groups but you know what I mean like very complicated and then difficult to follow through with they made it so that it was a habit instead of a torture that they were going through exactly yeah and it's building confidence and self-reliance and so many things are happening there. Mm-hmm, for sure. Now, if if somebody wants to um, live longer, how can they get a hold of you or your book if they have any questions? Uh, you can find me on my website, which is elisemariecollins.com, E-L-I-S-E-M-A-R-I-E-C-O-L-L-I-N-S. You can also email me at my name, Elise. Marie Collins at gmail.com and you can just look up the spelling if you're not sure. Um, yeah, I, I would be open to giving anyone a habit consultation if they email me. And my book is available. As I said, it's an audio book as of December, so that's a recent edition. And the book is in all major booksellers and it's on digital. You can get it on ebook or you can get it as a paperback. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It was a great conversation. Um, and if anybody listening wants to hear my story or what, what I went through to get back to health, it is on my website at dr-risk.com. Feel free to um, email me or follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest. And um, I'd be happy to hear any of your questions or comments. And um, for sure, be, sh- be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. 